You're listening to an audio resource from Vineyard Church of the Rockies in Fort Collins, Colorado. We are joining God's mission, transforming all things, and you're invited. To learn more about us and how you can connect, please visit votr.church. Well, good morning, everyone. That was a good response. We are awake today. (laughs) It's good to be with you all this morning. As Jeff said, I'm Natalie. I'm one of the pastors here at the Vineyard. Uh, Welcome to everyone on the live stream as well. I'm glad that you can be with us and that you can join us. As Jeff said, it's just great to be together. I love it. Well, this week, as Jeff mentioned, this is a very special week, and I'm very excited about what I get to share with you this morning. This is week one of our One Day to Feed the World campaign. This is something that we do every year as a local church where we invite everyone to give one day's wage away to Convoy of Hope, our incredible missions partners that are bringing hope to those in need literally all over the world. Um, Our scripture for this morning is going to remind us that Jesus was moved to compassion and he fed thousands, and we'll talk about how this can happen as we partner with Convoy. We'll read about Jesus' heart for generosity and how much our simple offerings can be multiplied in the kingdom of God, allowing our generosity to impact thousands of people all over the world. But before I dive in, I just want you to check out this quick video about everything that's going on. There are thousands upon thousands of kids just like Kevin whose lives have been dramatically impacted by a consistent and nutritious meal, and this is just a part of what Convoy of Hope is all about. The power of meals change lives. I'll get into more about more of what Convoy of Hope is all about soon, but I do want to go back to my own beginnings with this organization. We just finished a series called Party Like Jesus. And Convoy knows how to throw great parties. The very first Convoy party that I attended was in Kansas City, Missouri. The trucks came, and they unloaded an incredible amount of hope. Churches from all over the city gathered and served together with Convoy. They prayed for our community together, and hundreds of people from our inner city neighborhood were welcomed and seen as the guest of honor for maybe the very first time in their entire lives. They had music, they had groceries, there were haircuts. I mean, there were local partners who had resources to care for those in need. 
Everyone received brand new socks and shoes, and it was all done by partnering with local churches in the community to give these people connections and places to build long-term relationships. And I was so impressed. It was beautiful. Convoy of Hope throws parties like Jesus all over the world, and I'm so thankful that I had the opportunity to actually see that firsthand. Well, this, this event in particular, that one, it took place about 15 years ago. And during that time, Jeff and I, we were living in Kansas City, as I mentioned, and we also like to throw parties. We still do in our home. And we, we hosted so many meals in this particular time. Because of our time there, I, I am absolutely very aware of the power of a meal. We spent about 10 years there in the inner city, And in this zip code, the average household income was about $17,000 a year. And that's pretty much about the same amount that Jeff and I were making at the time. That's where we were at. And we didn't have much to offer. We didn't have much, so I think that kind of narrowed our priorities a little bit. But one thing we decided to spend money on was this big dining table to seat a lot of people. We knew that we needed a big dining table for what we felt called to do. One of the ways that we felt called to serve and care for our neighbors was through meals. I cooked so many pounds of pasta (laughs) for dinner. It was unreal. It was unreal. Dozens and dozens of eggs when we would host breakfasts. And this was one of our biggest ministries during that time. We threw birthday parties for uh, the homeless, We threw birthday parties for our neighbor kids, gang members that we were working with. Um, We even had like 50 middle schoolers come through our house when we ran this inner city football program and football camp that we ran for our neighborhood. After practices, we hosted spaghetti dinners. And yeah, it it was just a full, full season. We hosted meal after meal. And there was a season too where like Jeff, like, postseason where Jeff trained young men at the football field that was about, it was about three blocks from our house. And anyone who trained with him would come over to our house and I'd have pancakes and eggs ready for breakfast. This is, this is like on the daily, what happened at our home. We even hosted Thanksgiving for anyone who didn't have a place to go. And I will forever be changed by those meals. Thank you. Um, these gang members, these, they were children. And this didn't happen when I was going through this to myself. But it, it means stuff. Um, they would, I mean, these, these kids, they would sink into our couch after a meal. And they would settle in, and they would laugh like little kids again. And ultimately, like, we created family through these things, through these meals. Consistent meals, they brought stability and comfort to the gang members and to the neighborhood kids that we were serving. We found a way to cook for so many kids that, with the little that we had. I mean, we had nothing. And I look back, and I can't believe the amount of food that was prepared in our really small kitchen. It was like fish and loaves type of stuff happening in our home that was taking place. And I can't believe it, like how much we were able to do with the little that we had. 
And our home, it also became a safe place as well. I mean, these kids, they knew they had a, they had a place to come in in times of trouble and to just chat. We, we parented them. We parented them through school. We parented them through things that were hard at home, and we, we sent them to college. We sent others to get, they, we saw them get married and get jobs and grow. We provided hope. And the transformation, it was mutual. Our hearts and their lives were both changed. Now, we are just one family. We are just one family who served our neighbors. But how much more of an impact can we make when local churches come together all over the world to feed children? Meals really do change lives. This morning, our scripture is when Jesus fed thousands of people. This is what he did. We'll study it together, and we're also going to ask what it means for us as a local church. I'm going to read from John 6, 5 to 15. Take a look with me. Jesus soon saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. Turning to Philip, he asked, where can we buy bread to feed all these people? He was testing Philip, for he already knew what he was going to do. Philip replied, even if we worked for months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed them. Then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. There's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish, but what good is that with this huge crowd? Tell everyone to sit down, Jesus said. So they all sat down on the grassy slopes. The men alone numbered about 5,000. Then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks to God, and distributed them to the people. Afterward, he did the same with the fish. And they all ate as much as they wanted. After everyone was full, Jesus told his disciples, now gather, the leftover, now gather the leftovers so that nothing is wasted. So they picked up the pieces and filled 12 baskets with scraps left by the people who had eaten from the five barley loaves. When the people saw him do this miraculous sign, they exclaimed, surely he is the prophet we have been expecting. When Jesus saw that they were ready to force... When Jesus saw that, they were ready to force him to be their king. He slipped away into the hills by himself. Now, Matthew, he tells this same story in his gospel from chapter 14. And in there, it says, Jesus saw the huge crowd, and he was moved to compassion. He had compassion on the crowds. Now, in order to really have compassion for anyone... You actually, you need to have eyes to see. You need to become aware of the needs of those around you. And Jesus knew what the people needed. He even knew what Philip and the disciples needed in this situation as well. So Jesus, he asked Philip where they could buy bread to feed all the people. And Jesus, he already knew what he was going to do. It seemed like he was kind of helping the disciples become aware of the need at hand, like they, they weren't quite aware. And it sounds like they got a little bit frantic as they became aware, right? Like I imagine them getting so stressed out, talking to each other, like maybe even in panic and like maybe arguing amongst themselves, like Philip, maybe even he started to blame the other disciples, like why didn't you bring the food, right? Like who brought the food? What are we doing here? Why are we, what is happening? And I, I'm thinking to myself, like, I've become aware, like, 
have I, like, have there been times where I've become aware of something and then instead of, like, responding with a steady answer, I instinctively will start to worry. <laughs> that happens, right? Well, then eventually, Andrew, he found a young boy with five loaves and two fish, and this discovery was probably even more discouraging to the disciples. Like, what good is this with such a huge crowd? What, we can't possibly do anything with this. The disciples are thinking, this isn't going to end well. All these people that are here, they're going to start to get hangry, right? And we're going to end up being the target for their complaints. And how does this help the message of Jesus Christ spread to anyone if we can't take care of the people? I'm just like picturing this all take place. Again, in Matthew's gospel, there was this other idea where the disciples, they basically said, this is a bad idea. Maybe we should quit now and send everyone away. And I know I've thought of things like this before, or even given up, given up before giving any of my efforts a chance. This, I mean, they could quit and do nothing, or they could show up and give Jesus the little that they had, and he would do the rest in his power. You see, Jesus, he was moved to compassion and he already knew what he was going to do. Jesus not only had compassion on the crowds, he also had compassion for the disciples in this moment. He took this small amount of food that seemed completely insignificant to them, and he multiplied it for the masses, for the crowds of people that were gathering, so much so that they had leftovers. See, our God is a God who, who doesn't just care for our spiritual needs, but he also cares for our physical needs. And this matters. Jesus feeds those who are hungry. He knows that the very best place to start is a meal. When we would feed the kids in, in our neighborhood, their moods would change, right? And their minds would be more clear. They would rest and feel more peace. This is how we started most of our gatherings together because it's really hard to talk about anything else when you haven't eaten in a few days. It's just really hard. And this, this is so interesting. I mean, think about all the different solutions that these disciples tried to come up with, I mean, in their own, in their own world. And it's like Philip, he suggested that money was the solution Andrew, he looked to the people, like, what do they have? What do they bring? Other disciples, they suggested to simply get rid of the problem by sending the people away, right? But Jesus, but Jesus is the ultimate solution. Jesus changes everything. Jesus was moved to compassion, and he already knew what he was going to do. He can handle this situation. When, when we give what we have, even though we might think it's like this really small gesture. He already knows what he is going to do with it. And I want to say, maybe there are some of you in this room who have never made a decision to follow Jesus. Maybe you've held back because you think there is nothing that he can do for you. You think you have nothing to offer. Maybe you think that you are the problem and he just can't solve you. But here's the thing the disciples actually turned something that was not a problem into a problem. 
because they were trying to solve everything without Jesus. Jesus saw no problem in what was going on. He already knew what he was going to do. And if that's you, if you've never given your life to Christ, then a little bit later, I'm going to create space for you to do just that for the very first time. And I want to invite you to offer your life to Jesus, who is so gracious, and he is so full of love, and would love nothing more than to allow you to experience his compassion this morning. Jesus is aware of your needs, and he has compassion for you. If we look to the end of this passage, in verse 15, people realized who Jesus was. They realized that this person just might be the Messiah, like the King of kings and the Lord of lords. It says they were ready to force him to be their king. This feeding of the 5,000, it made so much sense to them, sense to the Israelites, because they remember a time, they remember the stories when Moses led them out of Egypt and manna fell from heaven while they were in the wilderness. In this same instance, Jesus was able to feed thousands of people with bread while they were in the wilderness. This was taking place in the middle of nowhere, and they saw this as a gift from God. Convoy of hope, like Jesus, feeds thousands of people all over the world. The feeding program is just the beginning and the on-ramp for all the incredible work that they do. Convoy of Hope has many different branches that grow from their main trunk with the goal to bring tangible hope to those who need it most. I know for me, I'd hear about like nations full of starving children and wonder how to help. Like, I can't just fly there. I can't just, what do I do when I get there? How does this work, right? I think about the war in Ukraine. I think about the fire on Maui. How do we respond? And what do we do? We want our response to be the same as Jesus. We want to respond first with compassion. That way people don't become projects. Then move into caring for the physical needs. And of course, none of it works if we don't take our offerings and give them to God and allow him to multiply our efforts. So how does this impact us as a local church? The beautiful thing about partnering with Convoy is that they also started from small offerings, and God has multiplied their efforts. They have a team of brilliant strategic minds that have created very clear systems on how to care and bring hope to those in need. They have teams placed all over the world with supplies for disasters. They have feeding programs and teams of people who are from that community working to bring meals to those who need it most. And they are positioning themselves to become aware of needs all around the world. They're becoming aware, right? Like that's what it takes to be moved to compassion, just like Jesus I was able to see some of their work firsthand when I took a team from our church. We went down to El Salvador to see the work of Convoy, and we served in a neighborhood school, which was part of their kids' feeding program. Our team, we served meals, we taught the Bible, we played a lot of games, and um, it was just so life-giving, and we spent some time with the people in the community. And at the school, it's just really unique, we saw a garden full of produce at their local school. And Convoy 
taught them how to grow that garden because they also have an agriculture program that creates growth plans for their specific soil and climate. And they taught them how to grow the produce. One of the days we were able to walk down the street and go visit with a woman who was part of Convoy's Women's Empowerment Program. And she was trained on how to start her own business. There are thousands upon thousands of women as well who are in, that, in those types of programs, learning to grow and, and build businesses for their families. Well, this woman in particular, she sold chickens and eggs to her neighbors. And her business was just growing when we were there. She was so excited to talk with us. We, went to this, we also went to this large field where they had like the main agriculture site for the agriculture program where Convoy taught those in the community how to use the soil to produce food. But it was not only for the school, it was for the entire community. So Convoy goes into these areas, starting with the feeding program, and this is the foundation for equipping communities to be self-sustainable. Their goal is to not be needed in these communities and to fully equip them with all the tools that they need to rebuild and to thrive, which is beautiful. This is happening all over the world. This is the kingdom of God at work, and this is why it is absolutely worth it for us as a local church to take two weeks to focus on giving one day's wage and bringing kingdom impact all over the world. And there's an invitation for us in this this morning. There's an invitation for us to posture our hearts, to become aware, and to allow ourselves to be moved to compassion and not look away from the needs of those around us. We cannot forget this as believers. Take a look at this verse with me. This is James 1.27. Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. That was really interesting how it says refusing. It's like a fight. We are called to care for the orphan and the widow, and there are people in distress all over the world simply because they don't have enough food. And this is where it starts. This is a simple thing that we as a church know we need to do. And there is a ripple effect. If kids don't have food, this dramatically impacts their ability to learn and grow. And when we partner with Convoy and give one day's wage, we are giving them the ability to settle in and to be part of the family. And we are giving them the ability to grow in all other aspects of their lives as well. We partner because they already have the supplies, right? They already know the needs because Convoy already knows what they are going to do with what we give. Just like Jesus saw the people Convoy has postured themselves to see the world and to see those in need. My prayer is that as a local church, we can posture ourselves to become aware and to not shy away from those around us who are in need. Let's Let's not do that. Let's not shy away from that. I briefly mentioned Convoy's Women's Empowerment Program is just one of the branches of the organization. This program, I want to spotlight this morning, it's got... It's impacted lives in so many families, and I want to share this video with you this morning. This is a video of a woman who has experienced great transformation through Convoy. Her name's Lynette, and she is in El Salvador. So let's check out this video. 
When you do work that you enjoy, you do it with enthusiasm. When you like it, you learn it. And I learned it. We wake up at 4.30 to get ready, load everything up to get on the road. I begin my process of making pupusas. When I was about three years old, my mom, without meaning to, hit me on a spot on my foot that was already injured and dislocated my foot. Then there wasn't anything they could do because the tendons in this foot shrank. At the time, I couldn't accept it. I wanted to be like a normal person. Why did you give me this life? I don't want to go on like this. I thank God that He always puts people in our path to help us when we need it most. At the time, people from Convoy came. I met them through my mom. When I arrived there, everything changed from night to day. There, I met a ton of people. They taught us many things. First, to know God. And we did a lot of activities and trainings together. It was really wonderful there. We didn't have anything. Anything. And I was so happy to be able to start the small business that I have now. money that I make, I used to pay bills for where we live. Water, electricity, and my son is able to go to school. I buy him backpacks, books, and now we've been able to move forward. Before, I didn't really have any hope, but now I do because I'm able to put myself to work. When I was young, I wasn't able to go to school because there wasn't money. And I tell my son, I don't want what I experienced to happen to you. Despite so much poverty, I've been able to bring us out of that. I never would have imagined to be where I am now. And I feel happy. Before, I cry from sadness. Now, I cry tears of joy because my life has changed and I'm very, very happy and content. story. There are thousands of women who have gone through the Women's Empowerment Program, and they have such sweet community connections that they build in the midst of it. Um, and not only is the work so impactful, their leadership team is full of humble and compassionate and present people. Last week, I just talked with Dory Donaldson, who runs Convoy Women, and every, throughout the years, we connect, and we were talking about our One Day to Feed the World campaign, and she was just so excited about our church 
and all that we do for Convoy. She said that they just love the vineyard at Convoy. And I was so encouraged. She loves our partnership with them, and um, they know the Vineyard Church of the Rockies well there. Uh, She was so excited to share about one day, and this is what she said. If I can do something as simple as working one day for someone around the world that will change every day for them, sign me up. It brings me so much joy to know that God can use the work of my hands to do his work in another person's life. As I close this morning, I want to invite you to give more than last year. And if you've never given a convoy of hope, I want to invite you to do that this week. 100% of what we give will go directly to convoy. The, the way that we do this is that we ask that you give an extra gift of one day's wage above and beyond your regular tithes and offerings. And with your extra gift, make sure you can, you can do this online, you can do this with the cards, however you give, just designate it one day and what we're going to do, if you, if you write a check to, you can write it to the vineyard. And what we're going to do is we're going to collect all of these gifts and send one big gift off to Convoy. And we're going to celebrate that in a few weeks. And I, every year it is just so fun to see. We are, the most, we are an incredibly generous church, and I just love it. And just remember this. As Andrew said, right, five loaves and two fish. What good is that with this huge crowd? We are talking about one day's wage, right? What good is that amongst the millions of starving? But as you give today or later this month, we're going to combine our offerings and we're going to give it to God because he can multiply and he can reach the nations. Let's pray.